0: What is going on? Back again, ladies and gentlemen. Excited to be here with you today on this beautiful, uh, you know, Tuesday morning here in uh, St. George, Utah. Wherever you guys are listening at, I hope you're having a wonderful time. Uh, really getting that 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 extra family time, right? Getting, getting our social distancing on, doing the things that we're supposed to be, being responsible citizens, and of course, talking some college football. Uh, isn't that what we always want to do? I mean, honestly... Uh, I've been able to go through all kinds of stats. I mean, like, next level stats. I wish I could like have, and maybe I'll have to look into this, but I wish I had like a website so you guys could see the breakdown and, and stuff like that. I finished my FCS uh, portion. Excited about some things in the FCS. So FCS fans, uh stay tuned for that. We're trying to get some of the the, the coaches on and then also, you know, some conference previews and, and, and stuff like that. A little bit harder, I feel like, in, in the FCS because really any team can take it. Uh, you know, obviously you got your got your top, your top dogs, but uh, even more so than than, than FBS and then the FBS. Uh, I'm working on it, so we're going through all the, all kinds of stats. Uh, you know who's rising, who's uh, falling, and stuff like that. Some surprises, I think, for this next year. Uh, if you've been listening so far, we've already revealed uh, uh, our predictions for the the SEC title game game and the Pac-12 title game. So if you guys haven't been able to listen to those, be sure to listen to them uh, if you are fans of those teams. And if you're a fan of Florida and Cal, kind of a little uh, plug in there. All right. Well, today we're talking about the the, the Big Ten. And we've been kind of going uh, – doing this this three-word game, right? And, and I love, 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 love the three-word game just because – uh, most of the time, you know, as a little kid, uh, you know, you usually ask, it, things came in threes. I don't know why it is, but we as Americans, we ask for things in threes. Like, oh, you know, I have three, you know, have a few. Oh uh, yeah, you might ask for a couple, but I always feel like you know my wife comes. Hey Tyler, how many taquitos do you want? Oh, I want three. You know, uh, how many how many drinks of do do I have? Oh, I have three. Uh, you no, know, and I'm serious. At least in my life, three makes sense. So I hope uh, for you guys in your guys's life, you know, the three word game makes sense because it's three words that can that can describe the what this the kind of like a storylines of this upcoming season. One of the fun things uh, here at Get the Ball Rolling that we've that we've created that we've been doing, and hopefully we can get rolling. Now we're going to be bringing uh, Sean Fessler on. Uh, He is my father, also host of 24/7 Ball Talk uh, podcast here at uh, you know our kind of little podcast network if you want to call it that. But no, we're going to bring him on a little bit later. We're going to talk about Michigan Uh, number one because he is a lifelong Michigan fan. He's you coached uh, for over 25 years in the state of Utah, so he know he knows his football, uh, and he knows what you know what's up with that, and uh, yeah. have a couple of questions, and I have this theory uh, that I'll, I'll, I'll ask for him, but we're going to explain it. Uh, he's going to kind of be going into it blind, didn't let him know about this theory, but it's called the Silver Bullet Theory. Now, I, I'm in business, I, I'm, I'm going to school for my my business degree and stuff like that, so I, uh, I, things in business make sense. And a lot, there's a lot of analogies that you use within business and that are applicable in sports and in football in general. Right. And uh, one of those things is uh, they call it the silver bullet theory. Now, uh, it's kind of going through, you know, a strategic inflection point and those kinds of things. Uh, well, I'm not going to go super deep into the weeds on this. Well, we're going to keep it simple. Right. Basically, if you're a company or a team or even I mean, I wouldn't say human, but if you're a company or a team, And, you know, you lined up all of your greatest competitors or enemies, right? All of your greatest competitors. So, you know, for for Google, it's Amazon. Uh, It's Yahoo. It's Bing. You know, Google kind of dominates. market. For Apple, it's, 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 uh, you know, Samsung. And and you you line up all of your competitors. And they might even be small competitors. They might be from around the globe in business. And uh, if we did this in the Big Ten, you know— it would be Ohio State, Michigan. We're going to line them up, and we're going to have one bullet. It's called the silver bullet theory, right? Yet one shot, and which competitor, if you had the shot, would you take down, right? In business, uh, I'm sure that Apple would say, get Samsung out of the market. We want to dominate it because we're, you know, yeah, there's going to be other companies around uh, that are going to be making phones. You know, Google might make a phone and stuff, but really, our main competitor is Samsung. And and uh, in in the Big Ten, you know, each we have rivalries in Samsung. Stuff, but it doesn't always mean that the that the rival, right? Uh, Ie Ohio, in my opinion, doesn't mean that they're going to be taking out Michigan. Their biggest competitor might be somebody else. That's kind of what I'm what I'm what I'm feeling. Uh, I I kind of drew this out with the three word game, you know. I, I still think that you know Indiana, uh, them and Purdue, they're going to be taking each other out. Uh, I think for recruiting things and from from that kind of standpoint. Uh, but Michigan. I think that Michigan would take out Ohio and and I agree with the Michigan fans you want to take them out you haven't beat them in a long time it's been a rough decade one win in a decade that that's some complete and utter dominance now Ohio State and Michigan they've gone back and forth uh, and and you know people are saying yo hey you no know, it's back to uh, it's back to what it once was and uh, the rivalry and stuff no this is this is legit this is a tough time to be a Michigan Wolverine fan if you want to beat Ohio uh, but now I started thinking I say you know, silver bullet theory. Uh, I kind of drew, you know, Penn State. They might take out, you know, Maryland. They might take out Rutgers. But not really what Penn State would probably be getting at Michigan. Michigan State would take out Michigan, and, and uh, you know, you have Nebraska. I think Nebraska would take out Colorado before anybody, so we're even going outside of the Big Ten. So I have this this, this drawing, and if you guys want, uh, you guys can write to us, and I'll send it to you. Uh, you know, DM me on uh, Instagram, Facebook, or on Twitter at get, get Rolling 19 and I'll send you who I think would it would it be. But the main one that I'm focused on is Ohio State. Who would Ohio State take out? And this is what I wrote. I wrote Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma. Now why would why would Ohio State want to take out those guys well, because they've dominated the Big Ten, they don't care. Yeah, sure. Is 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 Michigan? Uh, odds odds are that Michigan are go- is going to get him eventually, and it's going to swing back. The pendulum will swing back, and then you know what? It might be a decade where Ohio State is getting dominated by Michigan. But as of right now, they're not worried about Michigan, and I really think it speaks to the level of where Ohio is at and the level where Michigan is at. Now, I hate to do this to you, BYU and Utah fans, but Utah is on a different pl- playing field than BYU. It's never been the same since since Utah left the Mountain West and went to the Pac-12. They were they were vaulted right into an upper echelons of college football. They're into the Power 5. And 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 BYU, they did a lateral move, right? They did a lateral move over into an independent conference, which honestly, right now, I think the Mountain West would be a stronger conference to be playing in. Yeah, you might get a little bit, you get a little bit more localized rivalries and stuff. But going out and playing, uh, you know, uh, Winnemucca State is not necessarily good. For- for the brand right now. Uh, New Mexico State. Really? You're going to go and beat up on them? I know I bang on you and stuff like that. But we're going to kind of like this to Ohio and Michigan. And I and I grew up as a Michigan fan. Every Saturday, without fail, I watched the Michigan Wolverines play. So I like them. I have cheered for them. I have Michigan memorabilia in my house. But the fact of the matter is, is that Ohio State is not concerned about Michigan. And that's what speaks to the rivalry. Same like Utah is not concerned about BYU. You want to know who Utah's worried about? If you had the silver bullet, Utah would be taking out Oregon or Washington without a doubt. You might throw in USC, but they've won the Pac-12 South the last two years, even with a loss to USC last year. So they're really not super concerned about USC in my opinion. They'd be taking out Washington because we always struggle against them. We are 2-12 against them all time, which is a terrible, terrible percentage. And Oregon. We can't seem to win the big game, right? Uh, It Always, I feel like it comes down to those two, and that just says I really think that just kind of it's just kind of a shrug off. And I'm not saying that'll that'll you know I say big brother, little brother for Utah and, and BYU. I don't think that's the same with Michigan and uh and Ohio State. I feel like it, you know, I don't even know the family relationship. I might have to have to create one. Little think about that, but that the silver bullet theory tells a lot, right? And uh, I I feel like if you, we went around and uh, we asked different CEOs we might get some different answers. Maybe Apple would say, hey, look, there's this little startup, you know, Silicon Valley startup that we're really worried about. They're replicating what we can do at a more, you know, at a lesser cost. We just have the production. We want to squish them. It might not be Samsung. They might need Samsung to to push them and stuff like that. But once when you have complete and utter dominance, I mean, you look at Clemson. Clemson is not concerned about Florida State. Clemson's not concerned about South Carolina. They're worrying about, uh, well, obviously Obviously LSU this last year, but they're worried about Bama. They're they're looking over their shoulders into the SEC at the top dogs Georgia. They're more worried about them. Yeah, you know what? We can you know head to head. We're going to beat Alabama, but who we can't beat head to head is Georgia. Just saying something like that or Florida. That's what. And I think that just shows the dominance of college football. Yeah, it's a little top heavy because the top dogs they have a different mindset than the rest of them. The silver bullet theory. We're going to kind of use this throughout the season. Uh, as it progresses, right, and uh, I think I think it's going to be interesting. I think that uh, uh, we might even ask some some of the coaches when we bring them on. You know, silver bullet. Who would you take out? Who would you not want to worry about? Uh, I I really think it's going to t- have some telling things, and we're going to find some really interesting, uh, some uh, interesting factoids, I guess, if you want to say it. And we're going to be listening to uh, to to, to post game, pre game conferences and stuff like that. I don't think anyone, uh, at least in the FBS. I mean, I'm trying to to get out, and do do you know, good journalism and stuff like that. Uh, but. You know, who, who would that be? Who would be that person or that team that you'd take out? I think it's uh, really telling. Alright, so we uh, have Sean right now on the phone. We're going to step aside right now. We're going to take a break, uh, let our ad run, and then we're going to bring him on the show. We're going to kind of uh, do some things on the technical side, uh, you know, run the board a little bit easier, and then we'll bring him on. After him, we'll go straight into the three-word game, and uh, we'll call that uh, our podcast. So stay tuned. Uh, after the break, we're bringing on Sean Fessler, and then we'll be doing in the three-word game for the Big Ten Conference. So stay tuned. Thank you guys for listening and supporting Get the Ball Rolling and our crazy Silver Bullet Theory. All right, we're back again with Get the Ball Rolling talking a little bit about the Big Ten Conference podcast here uh three word game and stuff like that uh we're bringing on 24 7 ball talk expert sean fessler and lifelong michigan fan and uh you know earlier in this podcast we were uh discussing the silver bullet theory and uh you know dad are, are you familiar with the silver bullet theory
1: um no Okay.
0: So basically what this theory is, right? And in, in, in you you are a coach. You've been a coach for, for over 25 years, uh, coaching high school football here in the state of Utah. But the silver bullet theory says that, you know, if you were to have all of your competitors line up, right, and you only had one bullet, the silver bullet, who would you take out first? And as a Michigan fan, if you had a silver bullet and you lined up, you know, Ohio State, uh Michigan State, uh Minnesota for the Paul Bunyan Trophy. Notre Dame. Who who would that silver bullet go to? As a Michigan fan, uh does it change or or as a coaching staff like with Jim uh with Jim Harbaugh, do you think that it change? Who's your silver bullet and then who do you think uh you know, coach Harbaugh's silver bullet would be?
1: My silver bullet would be Ohio. I would take them out. Okay. And that's just because of the, the rivalry and also the last few years that we've come up empty against them. So Ohio definitely would be the one that I would like to see taken out. And I think Harbaugh, right, with his, I, I truly believe it is also Ohio there. Um, as you said, Ben in order, Michigan State, I would even go, dare say, Notre Dame over before I went to Minnesota. Okay, Minnesota's up and coming, but Michigan seems to have their number.
0: Okay, now if we were now, I know that you don't like. I think also, just
1: throw one at you. You didn't say Penn State. Oh, Penn Penn State. State, Penn State. I would probably put right under hmm, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Penn State. Flip or flop those two. Yeah, la- last last, last year's game a- was
0: pretty tough, pretty tough loss mm-hmm. in uh, Happy Valley for Michigan there. Now here's a to question me. for you. So so I know that you hate Ohio and you don't even you don't even say Ohio you, you or Ohio State, you call them Ohio I mean as do I, but uh, you don't like them. Do you think that Ohio's silver bullet is at Michigan? Do you think that their silver bullets pointed at Michigan or do you think their silver bullets pointed at Clemson or or say Alabama?
1: I think uh, no, because in order for Ohio to make the leap and continue with recruitment, they need to keep Michigan at bay. And if Michigan starts to come back where they start to win again, then Ohio will start to lose recruits. I don't think it's on a big scale. I think Ohio definitely, Michigan is on their radar because that segues to the rest.
0: Okay. Okay. And uh do you think I mean, you know, it's been it's been a rough decade with only one win. Do you think that, you know, are, are you of the of the fans or, you know, the Michigan, you know, faithful that want Jim Harbaugh gone or do you think, you know what? Getting 10, 11 wins, that's good enough for Michigan. You're you're happy. I mean, regardless of what happens with Ohio, do you think that it that it's necessary that, you know, you start seeing some wins against him or do you think, you know, just let Harbaugh do Harbaugh?
1: Okay, for me just personally, I think Jim Harbaugh has been just a breath of fresh air for Michigan football. And why I say that is because there were some rough years. We went through Rich Rod and then also Brady Hoke. And and Rich Rod was an experiment. He took a run strong team from Lloyd Carr and, you know, tried to create a, a spread offense. It failed measurably. Brady Hoke comes in with just remnants of doesn't know what he wants to do. And he tried to bring back the run game with a little bit of spread, but he, he had spread offensive linemen, and he didn't have to where he could power it up. Um, last year, I think Harbaugh went a little bit more to a spread offense that I, I, I didn't really care as much for, but I thought it fit his personnel. But as overall, Harbaugh is definitely Coach Harbaugh. I I hope he stays, and I would say he could stay as long as he he wants to, even with only the one win against Ohio. I mean there's been a couple games that have been just right there. The one the marking of the ball, I mean it should have been should have been stopped. It was our ball. We had the lead and not they gave him the first down. And you know, some there's some issues there over the time, but that's what makes the rivalry fun. But as a Michigan football faithful follower I think I'm happy with what Coach Harbaugh is doing. I think it's just a matter of time before we see Michigan start again to beat Ohio.
0: Okay, well, uh, thank you for your thoughts, and uh, you can always check him out on iTunes and Spotify under 24-7 Fall Talk. Uh, his uh, companion or, you know, his co-host, Hayden, is, is back from California, so hopefully that uh, they'll start pumping out some podcasts once when we get back from uh, this kind of moratorium from the coronavirus. But be sure to t- check him out uh, there on anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Great to be with you once again today, broadcasting live from St. George, Utah. Uh, Excited. A lot of, uh, you know, of, of course... Wonderful time. We were able to uh, have, you know, Sean Fessler on, uh, you know, taking our breaks and stuff and uh, getting back and recording and and moving on to our final uh, segment or so of this podcast, right? And I am so excited to, to jump into this because uh, out of all the conferences—now, of course, I, we, we live out west. I mean, I'm out west here in Utah, and uh, I've never seen the full might of the SEC or the, or the Big Ten and, and that college— uh, you know football atmosphere, but for the most part, I, I I feel like I'm I'm really excited for you know the Pac-12's upcoming season and the Big Ten's upcoming season. Yeah, I think uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, you know different uh, movement and pieces moving around with uh, in the SEC. So I, I really am excited for the Big Ten. Now the Big Ten. As we've discussed, you know, the silver bullet theory and uh, also the, you know, we discuss a little bit about Michigan Uh, for our Michigan fans out there. If you're an Ohio fan, hey. Feel good. Michigan wants you guys so bad, and Michigan just can't get you yet. And uh, I'm not. I'm saying yet because normally, whatever comes up must come down, right? And and eventually we'll we'll have it. Odds of uh, odds of averages, right? Eventually, we'll go back to five and five, and one decade. Michigan will dominate and stuff. But as of right now, you 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 Ohio State fans enjoy being Ohio State fans, uh and, and and just dominating the Big Ten, really. All right. So let's jump into the three word game to kind of finish off. Off, uh, this this episode always happy to bring you know people on and talk and you know what if you guys want to come on uh, don't be afraid to reach out uh, get rolling 19 on Twitter and uh, you know get the ball rolling you can find us on our Facebook and Instagram pages if you want to even send us an email at get the ball rolling 19 at gmail.com you can write us in and let us know uh, I'm, I'm willing to, to talk to you guys about any kind of team if you want to do specifications and stuff like that don't be afraid to write in uh, for sure for sure alrighty so let's jump into the story lines of this season. Number one, we're going to start out with Ohio State. The three words that would describe it, Fields and Day, right? This is part two of Fields and Day. Uh, number one, uh, I don't know if Ryan Day can coach. He kind of lucked into a really good system with Ohio State and Irvin Meyer. But when we saw what happened at Florida, so will Ohio State follow the same path as what happened at Florida, you know, three, four years after Irvin leaves? I don't know because Urban completely left Florida. He's still uh, in football activities and and, and stuff around the, the, the campus there. So it'll be interesting to see exactly what happens there. But Fields and Day, I think Justin Fields is only going to take you so uh, so far. Uh, I thought Ryan Day in the national championship game kind of showed his hand way too early, which is a sign of a young coach, uh, Davo Sweeney, veteran coach. It was just, you know, absorbing punches that, that first quarter. And then it was like, all right, we're going to get a jab in. Oh, you know, I might get a sucker punch, you know, a little one to the stomach, one to the ribs. Right. And then Clemson just started boom, 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 boom. Ends up winning. That's kind of how I saw this fight. So these two need to work together and coordinate to see how they can get better. Michigan, the three words, please beat Ohio as a a son of a lifelong Michigan fan, as you guys have heard a little bit earlier. And, uh, you know, uh, for Michigan as a whole, I mean, I'd love to see Michigan number one, number two spot for a little bit, mix things up instead of Ohio. Please beat them. Just Beat Ohio if you went one and eleven this year and you beat Ohio State, I think it would be a success. Uh, you have a really interesting schedule. I love that they're playing at Washington, going to Seattle. That'll be a really fun game to watch. Uh, you know, barring any COVID nineteen stuff, don't don't get too excited about that. Um, obviously, this is all preliminary and stuff. But then the, I mean, they get Wisconsin at home, Penn State at home, at Michigan State there, and then at Minnesota, they have like a four week stretch here, which is going to test Michigan every single game. Now again at or home, home, at, at. uh You know, we got some, uh you have the Paul Bunyan trophy. You have, you know, the, what is it? The jug. Like the old Minnesota jug that that, that they play for. And then you also, and then you finish off with Ohio State. I think this is going to be a wonderful uh test for Michigan. Especially earlier in the season. Uh, we'll see, we'll figure out, you know, their quarterback situation and, and, and stuff like that. But I'm excited to see what happens in Ann Arbor. For Penn State, the third of the big three. Alright? Third of Three, I guess, if you want to say it, it's going to be the big three battle with Penn State. You know, they—they're a really interesting team in that uh, you never—you, I always feel like I'm sleeping on Penn State, and I have no idea why because they are a really good football team. I love James Franklin. I, quite frankly, I think he's doing a tremendous job. Uh, they don't play uh, the hardest uh, non-conference schedule. Uh, they do, uh, you know, they pull. Kent State, Virginia Tech, and San Jose State, so not really uh, that hard. So you're going to have to go into Ann Arbor and win. You're going to have to beat Ohio State when they come to you. Uh, you're going to have to beat you know Nebraska and Michigan State a little bit later on the on in the season. I'm excited for Penn State. Uh, I think they're the third of three. I think uh, you know Michigan, it's Michigan and Ohio State's you know conference to lose right now. And uh, so that's my opinion. But uh, we'll see what happens as, as we go forward. But I think they're the third of three uh, of the of the big three. In, in that kind of side of the conference. All right, moving on to the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, keep the momentum. Last year was a tremendous year. Uh, I like what this coaching staff is doing. I like the direction that they're going. Uh, I honestly feel that last year, you give them... I mean, you have a couple of plays against a couple of... I mean... you'll a couple of opponents, and honestly, they're they're completely different. I mean, it's a completely different schedule. They went eight and five. Uh, uh, you know, they lost by one point in the Tax layer Gator Bowl. Uh They barely lose to Penn State, you know, by a touchdown, and they lose to Michigan State by nine points. And so, like, you know, you get a couple of those games, you know, three games go your way. That's starting to look. You know, you're you're no longer eight and five. You're eleven and two, and we're really like, holy cow, where did Indiana come from? I'm excited to see where the Hoosier. Go, uh, but let's keep up this momentum. I think that uh, you got to upset one of the big boys. Uh, that's going to be an upset against Michigan State. It's going to be an upset against Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Those kind of teams is 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 who you need to beat. Uh, because I mean, like, yeah, it's wonderful to go eight and five. And if if you're happy at that, wonderful. Uh, you do pull UConn, Ball State, and Western Kentucky. So all uh, non-conference games very win- winnable. They pull uh, Illinois out of the other side, Purdue out of the other side, which were uh, you know towards the bottom. We got Rutgers and Maryland. So there's another. Possibility, but you get this stretch right in the middle uh, That's I I honestly think is the death stretch. You are at Wisconsin uh, in Madison the first game of the year, but you get Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State uh, right in the middle, kind of a death row type thing right here. Uh, Indiana will be interesting, but let's keep the momentum up. I'm excited to see where you guys go. For Michigan State, I think it's going to be a long year. Here's three words. Number one, you have Mel Tucker, who's coming into a situation that... I would say—I don't know if he knows the severity of it. Obviously, there's allegations, and the NCAA is doing their background investigation and stuff like that. They could be—I mean, there, there's a potential to have kind of—I don't know if it will be as big as Penn State, but they could be banned from a bowl game for two or three years. Uh, you know, there's a lot of allegations. Uh, when I see a big coach stepping down for what seems like, you know— well, it's retirement, but what? why is he really retiring? Then that kind of uh, rings some alarm bells in my head. I think Mel Tucker going into it as well. Uh, he was building something in Colorado. Now you're starting from scratch. Uh, I, I, I don't even think they're going to get back to a bowl game. So I think it's going to be a long year. Sorry, Sparty fans. Uh, for Maryland, about the same. I don't really see where Maryland can get better uh, I, I've gone through their schedule and and, we'll, and of course we're going to break down their schedule probably a little bit more and uh, I would love to pull on a couple of, of, of coaches of course uh, from Maryland and stuff, uh, they do I mean they pull at West Virginia in the non-conference they get Northern Illinois and Towson uh, go Towson, we're definitely going to be bringing uh, them back on this on this show like, like having Towson on, but really I think it's going to be a, a, another long year you have the death stretch at the end Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State Michigan say at home at home that is very very difficult that is not an easy stretch you get Rutgers in the middle and even before that you get Wisconsin that is going to be very hard they probably have one of the more uh, difficult schedules I think in the Big Ten so I think it's going to be about the same if you're you know hitting three and nine I would say that you're probably pretty excited I did jump on the bandwagon uh, last year after I mean after they beat Syracuse I was like okay this is legit and then uh, they lost to Temple and then I saw them play against Penn State and I was like whoa. Doggy, okay, I got, I got to pull this back. Uh, I think it's going to be about the state three and nine. Uh, not really seeing a lot coming for the terrapins. All right, for Rutkerts you got one tough climb, and I, I don't even know if we can get too excited about Rutgers. Uh They haven't been the same since leaving the Big A, the, leaving the Big East uh, way back when, right? I mean, we're talking Rutkerts This is a very, very long climb. Uh, you guys are obsessed with you know, Greg Ciano and I just don't understand why because you're not even, you're not even, like... Like, he was there during the Big East days. He wasn't even there during the Big Ten. You've got such a climb. Uh, I mean, you got to get back to doing, you know, recruiting and doing all kinds of things. You do get, you know, Monmouth. Now, don't sleep on this Monmouth team. They're extremely good. Uh, sad to see Pete Guerrero leave, though, out from Monmouth, the, the Hawks. little plug in there. Uh, Syracuse and Temple. Uh, the, I mean... You we're really splitting hairs. I don't know if you're going to get a lot of big, uh, ten wins. If you do, you're going to get really lucky. I think it's, if Shiano is 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 if he builds something here, it's going to take you know five, six, seven years. Give him an extension. Give him seven, eight years, even ten years, and then see what he can do. Uh, don't bail after three. Kind of like what you've you've done, you know, Chris Ash and, and and those coaches. You can't just bail. And I understand that Shiano was at one point your guy, but you like I said, you can't just all righty, we're well, moving on to the other side of the conference. Minnesota rode the boat uh, for them. If you haven't been able to watch, you know their their stuff on ESPN and 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 PJ Flex. You know, his uh, philosophy and stuff Row the boat, that's kind of like what they're doing All in unison, they had a tremendous year this last year I'm excited to see where Minnesota can go That being said, after a really good year You usually take a step back After 11 win season, you're usually 8 or 9 The next year, but we'll see if they can keep it up I want to see Minnesota continue To to rise, I think it would be awesome If they could beat uh, Wisconsin, if they could beat Nebraska and Northwestern And really dominate that side of the conference Because it would be great to see, you know uh, Someone other than Ohio State and Wisconsin in the championship game. I know we had Northwestern, but really, it's been for the large majority, it's been Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Ohio State has Wisconsin's number. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited to see. Uh, we'll get a little bit into more predictions. It's going to be a little bit harder, I think, in the Big Ten to make the prediction like I did for the the SEC and the Pac-12. So uh, once when we get into it, we'll, we'll definitely release our uh, preseason picks. All right, for Wisconsin, another running back. That's going to be your success uh, every single year. You know, Paul Chris doing a great job. A lot of uh, respect for you, buddy, but you basically live or die whether or not you have a good running back. And with Jonathan Taylor leaving, we'll see if they're going to be able to plug it in. I don't know uh, if Cohen is next-level elite. He played well in the first half against Ohio State, but I don't know if we're talking, you know, next-level uh, talent there. For Iowa, key rivalry games. With Iowa, it's kind of like uh, Maryland. It's about the same. Every single year, you're going to probably lose one or two games, maybe three Five, four on a bad year, five potentially if you count the bowl game. Uh, but you're going to be uh, bowl bound, and that's just Iowa. That's Kirk Ferentz. You know his uh, his theory, his philosophy, and stuff. You're going to do you. Uh, I don't see them winning the Big Ten coming out of that side of the conference. So uh, I think they're they got to win the rivalry games, continue to dominate dominate, and you continue to have that kind of you know one step over uh, your opponent. All right, Illinois. Duplicate last season. Whatever you did, and honestly, I watched so little of Illinois' season, and I and I feel bad saying that uh, as a college sports, you know, football analysis uh, analyst and stuff like that. I want to get into, I want to get into the stats, and I totally forgot about Illinois. I was like, you know, eh, eh, yeah, they're putting together a decent season. Whatever, we'll see if they do it. Uh, every you know, year after year, you know, game after game, I'm like, yeah, we'll, we'll see if they really can do it. Ah, uh, we'll see if they really can do it. And honestly. They they did it last year So whatever you did Do it like you did last year Duplicate everything again And then I'll watch it And then hopefully I can have A little bit more insight Into Illinois Nebraska Nebraska Sorry about this, and for you Nebraska fans, but better at basketball, boom, tsh, right? <laughs> I'm I, I'm sorry that was that was kind of mean. Uh, if you guys didn't hear, they had to use some of their football players to go play basketball because uh, injury suspensions or or whatever it may be. Uh, you know, I I I think this is the year for Scott Frost to bring in a new offensive coordinator. Uh, this is kind of your your year, dude. And if I'm a Nebraska faithful, number one, uh, you should be dominating that side of the conference. You should be worried about West. Wisconsin, and that's pretty much it. You went five and seven. Uh, you know, this last year you failed to beat Iowa. You failed to beat Colorado, which Colorado doesn't even go to a bowl game. Uh, a five and seven record as well. It's going to be really hard, really hard for me to to really buy into that, to, to, to Scott Frost and stuff. Now, if he gets if he gets a bowl game this year, that's a step in the right direction. Uh, but, and I understand it wasn't his kids that he's been coaching with and stuff, and he's going to have to put it together. I just don't like self-proclaimed national champions. I don't like how, you know, the news broke after, you know, he won the, the American Athletic Conference that he was then going to Nebraska. I didn't like how he handled that. And I didn't even like how he coached against Auburn. Dude, if you... If you really loved them, you should have stayed. I just don't really like that. So, uh, But but as for on the football aspect, I mean, we can get into it a little bit uh, where I think they're going to be good. Uh, we'll definitely be doing that on, on other uh, podcasts as we break down Nebraska. I think they have an interesting schedule. I think that it is possible uh, if they play relatively good that they're going to be able to uh, get back to a bowl game uh, but, you know, you you pull Central Michigan, South Dakota State, and Cincinnati. It would be awesome if SDSU won. Uh, Central Michigan's not a team you want to sleep in. Or Cincinnati, I think Northwestern's going to be kind of back on the rise. Can you beat Illinois? I mean, it is at home. Uh, you do get Rutgers, so you kind of pull that easy. But then you kind of go through a, a stretch here. Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota. This last one, two, three, four, five games. If you're not at six wins by this Rutgers game, you're not going to win. Because I don't think you can beat any of these last kind of five teams so like i said it'll be interesting uh you know a win against purdue would definitely you know vault you over you get four home games to start out so nebraska has an opportunity to get back but uh just to kind of make fun of them better at basketball for their three words all right for purdue consistency is key Uh, honestly purdue is one of those teams which their dr jekyll mr hyde whatever Mr. Hyde, Doctor Jekyll. However you say it, they are so up and down, and it's so hard. Honestly, I really struggle every single year trying to predict what the boiling makers are doing. It's like, well, are what, what are we going to get? I mean, I love the coaching staff here. I love everything about this team. They played hard last year. I feel like last year they, they lost a lot of starters. They got had a few key injuries. Uh, they had to play in Memphis uh, Air Force and Boston College, which I think all of them are winnable, and then all of them you could lose as well with those with those three potentials. Uh, you do have a couple of tough games here, you know, on the against michigan on the against minnesota and then on the road against you know Indiana, Nebraska, stuff like that. So uh, let's get consistent, and uh, uh, you know Jeff Brown will we'll get him back. I'm, I'm confident of that. If you can stay the consistency that you had, you know, two years ago. Finally, with uh, Northwestern, I think this next year is going to be a bounce back year for for Northwestern. I, uh, I I've debated this with my father. You know, he's like, oh, I don't think. I think you know they were that kind of one one man show or whatever. Pat Fitzgerald is a wonderful coach, and I have a lot of respect for him. Uh, I think you know, he's going to be able to get him Back on track. And uh, he's going to, you know, take out, uh, he might beat Michigan State. He might beat a Penn State. He'll beat a Nebraska. He'll get this team back on track. They have an amazing facilities, uh, really first class stuff down there in Emmings Illinois. Uh, but those are the three words. That's our three word game for the Big Ten Conference. So uh, be sure to, again, follow us on all of our social media platforms. You'll get important updates. Subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts. So then every single week you can get a new one. Uh, we'll be moving on. to the ACC this next week I do believe uh, if we don't do anything kind of special again main points in this podcast uh, besides the three words, and uh, if you're a Big Ten fan, be sure to listen for those words, but really focus on uh, the silver bullet theory. Really think about it as a fan, and then think about it from the coaching perspective. I think it's really going to tell a lot about uh, these kinds of uh, you know intricacies of college football. I really like that silver bullet theory. We're going to continue with that throughout the year, and uh, we'll see what happens uh, going forward as we talk about uh, the ACC. Really, we have some fun things we can have a 10x uh type force in the acc we'll see uh whoever can weather the storm and uh who will be able to bounce back all righty this has been tyler from beautiful and sunny st george i hope you guys have a wonderful week please stay safe make sure to wash your hands and be sure to follow us on our social media platforms have a wonderful week and until next week let's keep this ball rolling